welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode five of the Third Kid Podcast. Um, episode five of season two. My name, of course, is Tristan Damo, and alongside me today, as always, is the usual suspect. He is my friend. He is. He is. He is Alex Perez. What's up, man? I, How's every it time, going? Every time I try to to make it a little different, <laughs> and every time I fuck it up. Like, it's okay. I I do. I, I always like being called the usual suspect. Okay, that's great. That's great. Um, so uh, right off the bat, um, the coffee of choice uh, this episode is uh, is a latte. Yes. Uh, which you brought me. You brought me a latte from one of my favorite coffee spots in Montreal. It's called La Distributrice on uh, on Mont Royal. It is. Um, it's pretty much so. I every time I describe it, I I um I say to people so when you watch Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter movie, Harry Potter's room beneath the uh, staircase. Yeah. that's exactly what La Distributrice is, except that it's a coffee shop. I mean, yeah, that's the perfect description. Yeah, that's great. Um, also, right off the bat, uh, before we start talking about what we're going to talk about for most of this episode, which is the Canadian Premier League, we have to mention and we have to give massive props to Rian Wilkinson. Oh yes, yes, yes. I was I was just looking on Twitter today, and I was and I was looking at that. Rian Wilkinson. By the time that um, you guys listen, probably will have played or is in the midst of playing uh, their second game uh, with the. Uh, Canadian uh, U17 national team. They're in the World Cup right now in Uruguay. It's actually quite cool that they're uh, they're down there in Uruguay. Um, but that's it. So she won her first game, three nothing against Colombia. And uh, in the meantime, she also got uh, a new gig. She is now the head coach of the Vancouver Whitecaps Rex program. Crazy! What I didn't even know about that. Actually. Yeah, starring uh, one Jordan Hytema. Amazing. Um, the uh, the wonder kid out of Chilliwack, BC, who. By the way, like um, it was Nick Martineau of TV Aspar that was telling me that um, Alfonso Davies and uh, Jordan Hytema, they're a thing. Yeah, I remember. I saw your. Um, I think it was on one of our group chats that. What that a that huge was power couple! Like talent, talent uh, attracts talent. I guess yeah, that's yeah. absolutely crazy. But I love the camaraderie on the U seventeen Canadians national team that Rian is oh, uh, yeah. coaching. I don't know if you saw that video. Um, Rian was being interviewed, and then in the background, you could get you could see the team kind of like <laughs> right above her shoulder in the background, just kind of like fooling around in the back, and then they just slowly start pushing forward, and then they start sprinting at her, and it's just like one massive group hug, and I just loved it. It was great. It just it's it's really cool to see the camaraderie amongst the team, and also like with the coach as well to just kind of be like. You know, just they're not she's not the boss, you know, but she's part of the team as well. And it's great. It's it, really cool. It's really, really, really cool. To I see. feel like that's a really that's a key thing to have on national teams is to, yeah. is to kind of have that that family aspect. And um, I mean, I've been telling um, I've been telling you, I've been telling our little group of uh, of friends that I tend to do long term bets. I, I'm, a, I'm really big into that. Like, I know I'm not putting any money into them, but I tend to say, so this person uh, in five years is going to be doing that. I am telling you, if it's not, if she's not the next national team coach, she will be the one after that. Rian Wilkinson out of, uh, out of Montreal, Quebec, out of uh, BC, mostly she grew up there, but um, 
she will coach the national team. I am. Uh, I we've spoke. We've spoken with her many times. She was a friend of the show on on our old show, Pressbox Hat Trick, which is still going on, by the way. Uh, I was on one of the episodes, uh, the latest one that came out um, er- earlier this week. Um, she has the mind for it. She's got the mind of the game. She understands it. She is. Um, she's a tough lad. <laughs> she's a, you know, she, she's got, she's got everything it takes in my mind. Uh, yeah. and, and like, look, I'm not the, I'm not the biggest expert in terms of, uh, gauging soccer IQ and, and blah, blah, blah. But I truly like whenever I, I got to speak to her, whenever, um, I, we got to, uh, to interact with her, uh, I really had the sense that this was going to work out and that she would totally be like, in the she she would get into coaching when she wasn't and then i i still think she might just she she's going to coach the national team yeah and it definitely seems like that's where the path is going right i mean she's starting with the u17s you know she might go up to the u20s or u21s and then hopefully be on the coaching staff with the national team whether it's an assistant uh job then eventually maybe a head coach and even uh Back and I forget which year it was, and and maybe you know you'll be able to to let me know. But uh, when she was invited to uh, one of the Concordia Stingers practices when George Sanchez was back, that uh, was coaching uh, the team. two and a half years ago. Was two, it 2016 yeah. or like early yeah. 20? It was 2016, 2016 right? Yeah, it was yeah. it was like during the 2016 season or like almost towards like the end. And she was invited to to give a team, kind of give a talk to the team, and you can even tell by like the way she was interacting with with the Stingers women's team. There was, there was just something there, and you kind of had that feeling, like yeah, like she's, she's, she's talking as a player, but she's kind of like this. She already had that leadership and that coach aspect to her, you know, like she's she's dishing out like her experiences uh, from like the Olympics that they had won the bronze medal uh, overall, her international career, and even um, her stint when uh, Sanchez was coaching her with the Quebec team. Yeah, George Sanchez, who is the former head coach of the Concordia Stingers uh, men, uh, women's soccer team, sorry. Um, yeah, it, 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 he was, and, and it's, it's, um, it's, a funny, it's funny you mentioned George because uh, he was telling us that he had cut her or he was going to cut her uh, when he was uh, coaching the, uh, Quebec, uh, the Quebec team or the, the Quebec, it's not a national team, but the well, Quebec, the provincial re- team. The provincial team. Yeah. There you go. Um, and she proved him wrong. She uh she worked her tail off and uh, he didn't cut her at the end. Uh, a huge story of resilience. Yeah. And I think you cannot have a better coach for it for young aspiring, um, for young aspiring women and also young aspiring uh, aspiring soccer players. Like it's just crazy. Yeah. So huge shout out to her. Huge. I mean, uh, also uh, a shout out to George Sanchez. Yeah, who uh, who left uh, who left uh, the who left the game who left uh, the coaching game. Uh, um, I think it was a uh, uh, three months ago. Yeah, uh, just about three up, four months ago, yeah. and uh, was um, he was named to the um, was it Lac Saint Louis? Yep, uh, Lac Saint Louis Soccer Hall of Fame. Uh, for for the for the non Quebec or non Montreal uh, listeners, uh, Lac Saint Louis is a region in uh, the western part of the island. So uh, and it it's always been a uh, a um, a hotbed for soccer. Uh, especially women's soccer, they 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 tend to be really good at it. So uh, so yeah, shout out to uh, to George too. Um, so uh, with that tangent uh, um, off, um, big show today, huge show. 
uh, we haven't been uh, we we haven't been uploaded uh, we haven't been uploading uh, in in a little while and there's a lot of stuff to pack uh, just what happened in the past week at least in the can PL side um, is absolutely mind-boggling uh, we're gonna dip into uh, American soccer too because uh, if you guys don't know I mean I'm gonna I'm just gonna put it out there right now uh, I'm a I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of the New York Cosmos. Uh, I know this is a very polarizing thing. A lot of people don't like the New York Cosmos. I tend to really like the New York Cosmos. Um, they also announced that they were going to be back playing pro ball with uh, a league that wasn't doing pro ball, uh, the National Premier Soccer League, the NPSL. You might have uh, saw, uh, you might have seen that news come out um, late in the past week. Um, a new competition, a new professional competition is called the Founders Cup. Uh, more on that later on in the show, but to, today, to right now, we need to talk about the Canadian Premier League. Huge, huge week. A I mean, lot, where, where do we unpack. even start, man? Oh, I mean, I, I, we might as well start with the draft, but... Okay, um, let's start with the draft. It, was a, it seemed like it was a relatively small draft. Uh, well, yeah, it was announced that... Um, you caught me mid-sip, by the way. Um, <laughs> but for, Sorry for the listeners. But yeah, it was, it was announced as a three-round draft. Um, I think if you look at it in that sense... So um, I'm always going to give uh, a little bit of lenience to the Premier League because it's the first year and it's like kind of growing pains and stuff like that. Three rounds uh, for U Sports, which U Sports Soccer. Um, I'll be honest, they've they're starting to wake up. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. U Sports Soccer. There's a lot of problems with U Sports Soccer. Uh, not to ditch U Sports Soccer, but there's stuff to work on. Um, and there were rumors of a draft for months. They only announced it a few weeks before. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming it was in the know of the people within the CPL, but starting with three rounds, I think is fine. Maybe you add more, uh, maybe you look cause at the same time, um, it's, it's a draft where, uh, college eligibility is not wiped out. So maybe you can, afford to add some rounds and then just like kind of ditch them kind of go like well we drafted you you're at the training camp you're not good enough okay well we'll ship you back uh and you can still go play college ball which is fine um so for now i think it's fine um i'm i was a little surprised that they went with three i think five would have been five rounds would have been um a little more but then again it depends on because there's the open trials and that pool of players too um so I was thinking maybe more rounds because the teams need to, all of the teams need to build really fast cuz let's face it it's still there's the season's starting in a few months. Yeah. Um it, season in a few months uh there's still rosters that have to be announced. Uh, they're still teasing uh signings. The trials just ended. It's a lot going on in CPL the past few months. I mean, the trials, they obviously have their eyes on the PLSQ, on League One Ontario, and then they have the draft. It seems like there's just a lot going on all at once. So let's focus on the draft yeah, itself. for sure. Because um, it, it's, it's been a few days that the draft is, uh, is, is done with. Um, is there something, um, right off the bat, just... 
first, in, like you looked at the at the uh, well, first off, the site crashed, which means that. So I was I was sitting exactly where you're sitting right now on on the orange couch um, at my place, uh, where I was looking for. Uh, uh, it was there, and I knew, uh, and then I saw a tweet by. Uh, Armin Badakian uh, of the of the of the CanPL saying, "Okay, thirty minutes. In thirty minutes, we'll have the um, we'll have the, the the list." And so I was like, "Okay, cool." And then, like exactly when they announced it, site crash completely. We only had the first round because U Sports had the first round on their on their website, and then they linked to uh, CanPL.ca, which was crashed. Um, but what was your first impressions? Of I know one thing uh, you didn't like about, but I don't know if that was your first impression. Uh, I mean, yeah, I I still don't get why I was behind closed doors. I was kind of was there was there a reason for that, or did they just kind of say it's going to be behind closed doors? I don't know. I never I didn't get it. That's the only thing. I there's really nothing to to go off on. I just didn't understand the fact why it was behind closed doors. I think that was my only concern with it. My only probably criticism of it. Um, it was a relatively small draft, but again, it is it is the first year of the CPL. It's it's gonna be a small league, so obviously, I guess like a small draft does make sense. Um, but also, it's I feel like maybe a stream would have worked just to get all the updates, you know, live instead of having to wait. There, like as you said before, the site crashed, so it seemed like there was there was a few problems going on with it. The fact that it was behind closed doors, but in the end. Um, it is really cool that U Sports and that university or college soccer is going to matter much more uh, as opposed to what it used to be. And yeah, it's, I, I think as you and now, as you said, you know, U Sports soccer kind of had its problems. Um, those problems will probably f- be fixed now that the fact that um, there is going to be much more importance on it. I think we're going to see a lot more talent within that league. But yeah, I... I I think for the next draft, I would definitely like to see it live, yeah. or or at least if you're gonna have it behind closed doors, at least live updates from the Twitter account. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing too. And I see while you were talking, I was kind of thinking as to like why it might have been um, behind closed doors, and I think the the biggest thing that popped into my mind as you were talking was. Well, most of the players are probably not there because uh, it was it was in Vancouver. It was after the um, after the national championships, the U Sports national championships, and I mean, only a few teams were there. But I think in the future, uh, when CPL when the CPL announce a um, TV deal, because a TV deal is going to happen, it's it's bound to happen. I mean, if there is no TV deal. I um, seriously doubt that this te- this this league is going to make it as big as they, I guess, w- potentially wanted, and people most people want it to be. Um, and I think there's a lesson to gain here, or a lesson to learn here from the Canadian Football League, the CFL, and the way they do their draft. So, what the way they do it is they have their media partner, i.e., TSN have a panel basically like they just have it in their studios and then they bring in the commish and then the commissioner says uh okay well and then there's war rooms across Canada and uh, they either are broadcasted or not 
and then uh, the war room send the pick over to Toronto and or or wherever the offices are. Pick is in, and then there's a live shot of the commissioner say with the first overall pick. Uh, for example, let's 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 pick it. Let's let's go with the first overall pick. So with the first overall pick, the Calgary Cavalry selects uh, Gabriel uh, Bitar or. or I don't know how to pronounce that name, but Gabriel Bitar. Let's let's go. Let's go with that um, from Carleton University, and then uh, they they show some uh, some footage of uh, of the player, and they're like, okay, well, uh, the, this he's a really good offensive threat, and uh, he's been leading Carleton, or blah blah blah. I think that's the way you probably should go. I feel like it's kind of like the middle uh, the middleman between uh, having a full fledged draft and have everybody like fly in potentially not fly in and then have a draft where they just draft like random people and they're not there uh and then you have something that like it's been that way for a long time and it also gives an opportunity for a tv deal um a tv partner to fill some airwaves yeah i don't know yeah what about um, on a completely different note? Uh, and this was something that I noticed on your Twitter account because I was I was actually following you for updates on that day. Uh, <laughs> when what day was it on again? It was on it was on the Monday. It right? was on Monday. Yeah. Oh yeah, Monday. Oh, no, but it was on the draft was on Monday. Yeah. The in, all of the info came in on the Tuesday. Oh yeah, I mean Monday and Tuesday in itself was a hectic day. So yeah, I was actually following. Um, I was following your account. Were you surprised? And being that we we are in we are in Quebec, and you know RCQ is. Um, what we're going to pay attention to most, obviously. Were you surprised by the amount of RECQ players that were uh, drafted? I was going to lead into that, and I'm glad you asked the question because um, at first I was very surprised by the low what amount was, of... What was the number again? Sorry to cut you off. So two dr- two players. Uh, one from the national champion, uh, Université de Montréal-Carabin, which... I mean, in my mind, uh, and it was on, if I'm not mistaken, it was on Kurt Larson's uh, players to watch, b- players to watch um, in the in the midst of the draft, um, it, leading to the draft is the word I'm looking for. Uh, Omar Crame and and Frédéric Lajoie Gravel, two players um, among many. I mean, th- that Mo- that Montreal Carabin team is genuinely good. They've oh, got they're... talent. They're obviously the best in the country now. They're the best in the country. Also, they, shout out to them first. Sh- of oh, all. absolutely! Huge, huge, huge. And I'm and I'm sorry to cut you off again, but I I, I just really wanted to talk about this UDM team. Um, what Pat Raimondo did with this team, uh, who's the head coach of the Carabin, what he did with this team is absolutely insane. The talent, like you said, that's on this is crazy. And when you mentioned Omar, my eyes just lit up. It's he is such he is such a talented player. I that, mean, let's face it, uh, Omar is probably going to be at a training camp somewhere. He's probably going to sign a deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, in my mind, it's I, another player that, like, uh, and, and I'm cutting you off. I'm sorry. Uh, um, Kara Jovanovic. Uh, who, <laughs> it's who funny. Was, I was going to mention him, yeah. Who uh, plays for Carlton, uh, who was one of the leading scorers in the Premier League de Soccer du Québec, the PLSQ, uh, the semi-pro league in Quebec, for FC Gatineau. Um, where is he? Yeah, I think maybe I think benefit of the doubt. Maybe they do have a year of eligibility left. Maybe I just were they like I don't know if they were on the list to be drafted. Maybe they weren't. Um, That's also very. Maybe they were also being tapped in already. You know, so the and I think that's the problem with it having behind closed doors. 
and with uh, it's a, there's a lot, a lot of secrecy. there's a lot of secrecy there's a lot of secrecy and i think there's a lot of stuff that we don't know um but yeah may, maybe these are players and given that Karyovanovich does play in the PLSQ and that um the PLSQ and CPL are in contact um regarding players and i remember talking to uh the commissioner of the PLSQ Cambis and Badi uh he was saying you know they they have a list there's players that that they're watching um that they are potentially going to sign. So I would not rule out that uh, Stefan Karajovanovic is one of them, um, who, by the way, is... I've seen him play once, but um, great player. And he re- he kind of reminds... He, he plays as a striker. He's a center forward on the team, but he kind of reminds me of an Alessandro Rigi in the way Ooh. he plays. Because you know how Rigi... He's, he's a small guy, but at the same time, he's really strong and he has that low one, center of gravity. One of the toughest players, yeah. by the way. And uh, you could ask a lot. You could ask a million people. I mean, everyone that's been that's played with him will agree. One of the toughest guys. Yeah, and he kind of reminds me of him in a way in the way he plays. He kind of has that low center of gravity and he plays as a center forward. But I could kind of see him playing on the wing. That said, though, um, he could probably be one of those players that have been on that list of PLSQ players. Uh, and as for Omar, maybe there has been a similar, um, I guess, dialogue between uh, U Sports teams and the CPL, where it's, you know, maybe a, a scout, a coach on one of the teams kind of maybe gave a call to Pat Raimondo and said, hey, I'm interested in this player. And they're kind of like, they're in discussions. So that could also be an issue, but I don't think it really helps with the secrecy, you know, but... There is a lot going on. They do have a lot going on. You know, like I said before, you know, there's there's the trials, there's the draft, and then there's obviously uh, potential transfers from um, the Ontario Semi-Pro League and the Quebec Semi-Pro League. Uh, so a lot going on. Um, a lot of... But yeah, no, uh, a lot going on. But um, yeah, I think that's yeah. that's it for my tangent, actually. No, but yeah, and I think also to come back to the draft, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of teams decided to draft from their own kind of uh, local area, which is also completely fine. And the fact that there are no teams in Quebec also kind of plays there too. Uh, FC Edmonton, with their three picks, they went with the University of Alberta. So, and like, you can't really blame them. I mean, it's they probably have uh, a lot more insight into those players and they know what to do with those players. Yeah. Uh, regard, I mean, and, you know, vis-a-vis kind of, uh, getting a player from uh, from from an RCQ or from someone from somewhere completely different, where you you know a couple of things, you you've maybe seen a couple of videos, but you don't know as much as uh, the guy who's been playing in your backyard for like four years. Yeah, which it's also homegrown talent, right? Which you can't really blame the fact that um, a team is going to go for players that are right there for them. Uh, you definitely, as a club, want to have that homegrown talent to have that identity also. Um, and I and and I I assume it would be the same if there was a Quebec team. You know, they'd obviously be putting priority on RICQ talent because that's what they want to focus on and that's what they want to develop. Um, but yeah, uh, of uh, of the uh, by, by the way, we're talking about the RICQ. The two players that were drafted uh, that were in the RICQ uh, were um, damn. I just had the ah oh, damn it. Uh, okay, uh, so Forge FC. Went with uh, Abu Bakar Sissoko uh, from from uh, Université de Montréal, uh, very talented player, very talented player, and um, 
was it uh yeah Halifax Wanderers went with uh, Andre Bona of uh of the uh, UCAM Université du Québec à Montréal the UCAM Citadin uh Sissoko is from Mali and uh, Bona is from France so that's an interesting fact too that they they decided to go international with uh, the RCQ although um those teams in the RCQ very international indeed um both UCAM and UDM Uh, both uh, Bona is from Marseille, yeah, and uh, Sissoko is from Mali. So, uh, yeah, interesting, and it, it'll be interesting to see um, who and um, in the future uh, if RCQ gets a little more and uh, more like if if there if more players from Quebec uh, end up or if players from Quebec, because right now none of the no teams. Uh, all of the no. What I meant, what I mean is like there are no Quebecers right now on any of the teams. So interesting. So uh, and uh, I mean we we're seeing the impact uh, releasing a lot of their young players. Maybe that's a place. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, is there anything else regarding the draft? Because we did mention League One and PLSQ quite a bit in our discussion right now. Yeah, I think that's and, another thing. And I'm wondering if this is a good segue into. Um, another big piece of news that came out a few days after the draft um, is that the CPL uh, did they purchase it? Like they they're the owners now of League One Ontario. The CPL now owns League One Ontario, and one of the most interesting things before we start breaking down what it means is that they own both the men's and women's side. Yes, um, which is very interesting because to me. To me, the CPL cannot be fully um, cannot be a full uh, success without there being a women's league. There, the, the NWSL doesn't have a women's team in Canada. Now is the opportunity to say, you know what? Let's do it ourselves, and it shouldn't be called the Women's Premier League. It should be called the Women's Super League, in yeah. my mind. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I remember that's actually a suggestion that you made to me when, when you know, obviously our endless discussions on soccer uh, and regarding the CPL. It's funny that you mentioned the women's team uh, or like them purchasing also the women's side of the of the League One because I, I was going to ask you about that and kind of what that means for the women's side in Ontario. Is there, you mentioned the NWSL, but it, are they teasing something? Is there something there? You know, if it's still early developments for CPL, so obviously they're going to focus on that men's side. Um, uh, they're going to prioritize the men's side, but is there early discussions at least for, um, you know, a, a pro league for, for, for the women's game in Canada? Um, I don't because I feel that I kind don't of have it, the information for sure for sure um, but what I will but what's um, your what's your speculation on my that? my speculation and I'll I'll throw you back to the one of the very first bits of information that we've ever had on the CPL um, was the owner of the Hamilton Tiger Cats which is now the owner of Forge FC when uh, when he announced that there were going that would that there would be a soccer team in Hamilton he mentioned that he would be interested in having a women's team too because he is a father of four, uh, three girls or two girls and that uh, he doesn't think it's okay that his girls can't aspire to be professional players in their own country. So I think that's an encouraging part. Um, is that, and, and I think maybe on the short side for, uh, for Hamilton fans, I know 
I know the the the, the battalion is. Uh, I don't know if you guys are listening, but I don't know if you guys are still listening. But if you are, uh, shout out to you guys. You were they were um, one of the first supporters of this uh, of this new iteration. Um, how about uh, Forge FC um, starting a women's side in League One Ontario and starting from there and building up? Maybe that's a good. Maybe that that could be a cool idea. Yeah. I mean, there's already a setup there. The CPL owns now uh, League One Ontario. Why not? That could be a really cool idea. And um, I think so. To 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 kind of delve into the actual transaction and what it means on the men's side, um, for now that is a kind of a setup. In and I think um, I'm 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 sorry to bring ProRel into that, but when you start talking and building relationships with your semi-pro sides. Um, I mean, for now, it's just in, in... For now, it's only in Ontario. But when the semi-professional teams are involved and when they get into the mix, uh, I know now it's kind of like they bought the league, but it's still kind of like a... It's, it's the start of a partnership. Yeah. When you get them on board... Maybe then they try and see if they can make the step up and then you could try and find kind of a level and kind of tear stuff up. Uh, the CPL never shied away from saying that they were kind of looking at ProRel. Of course, now we're only seven teams. It doesn't work. But maybe like in, maybe in a decade, maybe in two decades, you could start seeing a, a start seeing some kind of something. Um. In regards to ProRail, right? In regards to ProRail, yeah. yeah. I think um, as much as I would love to see promotion relegation in North American soccer and, and in the Canadian Premier League, I think with the purchase of League One, it seems like the but way... But that, that was like the huge oh, long term. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But it seems like the way they're going is kind of similar to how um, the NASL and USL work in affiliation with the MLS, Major League Soccer. Um, it, it's kind of reminding me of that. Yeah. Where... And I remember seeing a tweet, and I forget who had who had tweeted it, where it says, um, and I think it might have been uh, Klanishan who said that he's not ruling out um, semi-pro teams turning uh, pro in the CPL. I, I think that's really cool. I mean, we look at, uh, we saw them, we both saw them at the Canadian Championships. You look at the, Oak, the Oakville Blue Devils, um, huge program uh, for grassroots soccer. We look at uh, we look at um, I mean Sigma FC when when they joined League One Ontario they they weren't necessarily interested in having semi pro and then they decided to to get semi pro and and see where that is now yeah. um, we you know you have teams and you it's it's good to allow not necessarily force anyone but to give them the opportunity to say hey um, we're gonna work with you maybe you want to do that in the future maybe you're a market that that is is of interest to us um how about we work together i mean like right now there's oakville obviously um i think there's windsor has potential uh because windsor is is still kind of kind of far from the yorks and the and the hamiltons i think that's that's another market that you can get there um if you can add another team in Vaughn with, with what Vaughn Azuri has been doing, Vaughn Azuri has been a very, very good market in the, in, in Liguid Ontario. Um, maybe you get like a Vaughn York Derby kind of thing. I don't know. I, I'm looking really yeah. far. This is yeah. a long shot situation, but ultimately what, what I'm going for and hopefully 
uh, and look, people have been telling me, I mean, um, the, the ultimate, uh, pro rel, uh, Um, people have been saying, well, look, it, it, maybe that's just a power grab. Maybe that's just them going and, and trying to get everything and just become the ultimate power. Well, may, maybe that's it. Maybe that, maybe that is. I mean, who am I to, to say that? I mean, we're here and we're speculating because we needed to unpack everything. Yeah. Um, but at, this, at the same time, like... Why not try to include uh, League One Ontario? Why not try to include the PLSQ? If ever something happens, because ever I feel like every other every year there's something about BC getting a semi-pro league and it never works. Yeah. How about helping them to build something over there? How about maybe bring the um, PDL teams across Canada that uh, can't even play in the Canadian Championship, which in my mind is weird. I don't like that because. Uh, those PDL teams literally are what uh, League One Ontario and the PLSQ does, except that they play in the U.S., and that apparently is not good for the CSA. Um, but why not trying to include them and try to see maybe if they have more, if they have ambition, because I feel like the CPL is kind of trying to, they're an ambitious league. They're trying to make it where no one has been really doing it before when Canada was not, um, since the the old Canadian Soccer League, There hasn't been anything professional in Canada, and uh, maybe I sound like I drank the Kool-Aid, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. To me, it seems like an interesting thing. Um, I'm not quite sure what it represents, but I'm interested to see how it goes on. Only thing, though, um, I'm real. Well, it's more it's more of an interest and just like um, sitting back and watching how it's going to develop more than um, major concern. But I wonder how League One is going to do um, with a private owner as opposed to uh, being a, a an entity, a league that is governed by a public, like a public thing like the Ontario yeah. Soccer Association. Yeah. Um, and just to quickly switch talk, well, I mean, on the same subject, but to kind of switch leagues now, uh, you did mention PLSQ and potentially in the future, the CPL partnering with PLSQ. Um, with the purchase of League One Ontario, Um, I know we saw on Twitter that there hasn't been talks at all about the same thing happening in PLSQ, but do you think do you think that's a possibility for for Quebec or for the CPL to eventually, maybe not this year, maybe next year? Because we've been seeing maybe there there, there has been a lot of teases about a Quebec-based team, but um, do you see that happening in the future? Do you, do you see the PLSQ kind well the CPL kind of making a similar move? Um, for the Quebec-based semi-pro league. So right now, uh, we what we know now is that there hasn't been there hasn't been any talks along on that front with uh, between the CPL and the PLSQ. Um, interesting slash funny tweet from Josh Cloak of the Athletic uh, earlier this week that asked the question to David Klanishan of uh, the commissioner of the CPL and uh, about. Uh, well, is there, uh, I mean, I feel like it's it's a legitimate question because that's the only other semi-pro league in Canada. And I mean, why not? <laughs> so are you interested in, in, in acquiring the CPL, the, the PLSQ as well? And um, Kalanishan told Cloak, uh, no, but thanks for the idea. <laughs> Which, yeah, <laughs> and I, I think that would be a huge positive. But um, 
in regards to and I kind of just want to compare both leagues because I think purchasing League One made a lot more sense um, because simply because they're a much bigger league and it seems that there's more variety in terms of talent and players in that league and I have no doubt about the talent that's in Quebec I think the talent that's in Quebec um, is just as good maybe you can argue um, maybe you can argue just a bit better um, in Ontario that's not a shot though um, I but, mean look I'm, and you're not wrong by yeah. saying that uh, that the PLSQ is rival is is uh, is up there um, maybe not on a consistent basis throughout the entire league but you know with with what we have seen in the Canadian Championship and uh and uh, AS Blainville uh beating the Oakville Blue Devils and they were pretty convincing in 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 those two wins i mean Oakville i think i think the the home game was definitely they they gave, they did give them a, a good run but at the end i think that it, it seemed like it was always going to be Blainville winning that game but in regards to PLSQ and maybe this could be me jumping the fence a little bit now but and it could be the fact that there was no talks held because simply there was no talks held, you know. But um, I does I don't think it helps the fact that um, as much as I enjoy watching PLSQ soccer, um, it it's not big enough yet. And and that's exactly the point that I was going to bring is that PLSQ uh, in my mind, and I know we 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 off air talk about it all the time. I think that. Every U Sports market in Quebec should have a team. So there should be a team in Sherbrooke. There should be uh, potentially, um, there, there, I mean, there should be a team in Trois Rivières. There should be a team, uh, there should be a team in Abitibi, maybe. There should be a team, like, there should be more than just, yeah. There should maybe should be another team in Quebec City. Yeah, there, I mean, I, I totally agree. And also, I talk about it a lot, but Laval, the fact that their first team in the PLSQ was Fabros this season, to me, and I know that maybe it's also a funding uh, concern that you know they, they need to have, or or each club does need to have maybe a specific amount of funding to um, you know to enter the PLSQ. But at the same time, uh, the PLSQ has been around since 2012. That's almost what about seven, almost seven years. Uh, and the biggest market. In the PLSQ is the Greater Montreal. Only one team in in Laval only joined uh, very recently. Only one team in Montreal, which is, uh, in my mind, a travesty. I mean, like there were more than one teams uh, at some point. Yeah, there were. There, Lakeshore was there at some point. Saint Leonard was there at some point, and they folded both of them. Which, um, I mean, obviously that's a thing that you want. I mean, like you you don't you want financial stability. Yeah. But at the same time. You like you're good. I feel like to really bring it out, to really bring the talent out, you're going to need uh, more. You're there, gonna need more. yeah. There needs variety, and there needs to be. And I'm not saying that the structure is off, but I, but League One, you know, talent aside, they have a great structure to that league. I mean, the fact that they have 17 teams is huge, and and uh, that probably played into a factor into them being purchased. If it was the other way, if the uh, sorry, if it was the other way around, uh, if the PLSQ had seventeen or eighteen teams, would it have been them? I think so. I mean, also Ontario is the I most populous so. province, and that too, and- yeah. But I think if this is something that the CPL wants to do in the near future, possibly next season, because if there does end up being a Quebec team in the future, they have to think about 
purchasing the CPL, uh, the uh, PLSQ, sorry. And, you know, the PLSQ does have to kind of think about, do, do they want this to happen? That's that's my take on it. But I think that eight teams, it will be pushed to nine. Maybe in the next few years, they'll finally be in the double digits. But it's not enough. Despite the talent being there, it's not enough. You need more teams. That way, you have a much more variety of a larger variety of players, a larger pool of players to come in and, and, and to showcase their talent. Because at this point, eight teams is not enough for, you know, if there are players that are worthy of a semi-pro team, but then they kind of get the cut because, you know, they're so small in the end, you know, and, and there's in the end, there's probably no room for them. So that's my take on it. I think if there is going to eventually be discussions on purchasing the PLSQ, the PLSQ does have to, you know, they, they do have to be marketed in other cities or other towns, other districts. Or at least, I mean, it's not even a, a question of uh, being it, uh, the, the PLSQ getting purchased per se. I think um, some sort of uh, partnership could be uh, a thing. And then at some point, because uh, in my mind, and like uh, I always, because I'm not, I'm not a pro-rail truther, but I always kind of think in terms of, okay, so how would this potentially happen? Because like, I think it's a matter of time before the CPL gets to double digits teams. Um, I think it's a matter of time before we have a team here in Montreal. Um, in the in the, the greater Montreal area, I think uh, they're definitely, I mean, financially speaking, it's just, a, I think there should be a team in Quebec City. Um, and then, and then you could open up to like more teams in Ontario and then in, in Saskatchewan, if anyone listening from Saskatchewan, uh, I mean, we, we know you are there and like you are, you, you guys are soccer fans too. Um, but it's to me, I think at, at them getting semi-professional leagues is, uh, is, is the perfect situation in my mind where you have a potential division one with the best of the the cream of the crop and then the division two, which is national and then potentially a division three, which is regional. And then either maybe a division three or division four, a bit like we, a bit like what we see in, in England where, uh, after the, uh, Vanarama national league, I think it was the tier six or seven, then it goes to, uh, North and South. And then it goes to, like much different like regional type things and then it like the and then the way you keep the those teams doing uh not just losing a bunch of money and folding all the time is you make it really hard to 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 get promotion to get promoted you you basically have um maybe it's a thing where like of all of the semi-professional leagues you only have one promoted club and then you make it a huge playoff, and then you make it like just neutral location, kind of like with the with U Sports National Championships. And then you make maybe you make it the, the the place where there's a draft. Maybe the draft is still there. I don't know, but you make it really hard for these teams to get promoted, so that they stay semi professional. I think you know, but that's like a huge long shot again. And I I I, I don't know. I I I always it it brings back the ideas of promotion relegation. I know a lot of people hate it because North America is not very and, and not very much I don't know the the um, the idea isn't much and the people that are <laughs> I don't know some of the people that promote ProRel around North America um tend to be a little they tend to poke you a lot but um <laughs> but yeah I, I it, it's very very far 
and um, it's it's very very um, just it's it's in the very very far future. But maybe maybe it's just it's just kind of like a little you kind of think about it. You kind of think about it. Yeah. Um, another thing that um, I saw, which uh, let me actually get it. Let me. I don't know if you wanted to. If you had something on your mind, uh, the only thing I actually had on my mind is completely not related to CPL. But I was actually just, you know, taking the time to look at my MLS playoff bracket. No oh, man, <laughs> <laughs> which is, <laughs> I want to say, going well, but not as well as I hoped. It, it it went from it went from one day going, you know, my hopes were really high, and then the second day of playoffs or like you know the opening rounds, uh, completely bombed, but. Um, but that said, there's more. Is that what you just said? There's there, there, there's more about CPL right now. I feel like we unpacked everything. There is one little tidbit that I was interested to talk about with you, uh, and uh, I don't know where it is, but um, I, I'll I'll resume it. It was like hidden in the depths, and that's for the Winnipeg people. Um, Valor FC. It was buried in the depths of a Kurt Larson article, which I found very interesting. Um, Valor FC was considering partnering with a team in, I think, Europe, um, doing kind of like a partnership deal. I don't know if it's like to the extent of like the impact in Bologna, but... Because that's the first thing that comes to mind when you mentioned partner, like a Canadian team and a partnership. It kind of just... I immediately yeah. went to impact Bologna. Yeah. So, uh, so like, in in like a crazy mind, uh, is like Valor FC partnering with like Aberdeen in Scotland or something. I don't know. It's like some crazy thought. But I wanted to know really quickly your thoughts on the idea that um, that there could be a partnership in in the CPL. Well, first of all, the the fact that it's even mentioned, and the league hasn't started yet is uh, it's huge that's a huge positive that these discussions are taking place because it shows that it shows the initiative and it shows that you know this is a league and you know these are well i mean for for i guess for valor it's, it's a franchise that um they, it looks like they they want to they want to take their chance right if they, if they can if they can actually announce well i mean i i don't really know i mean i don't know if you know that if if there is a deal coming up or anything, but the, it, I don't kind know of, anything. I was that was just, very interesting. Yeah, it's just maybe it's just little whispers. But if before the season or even after the season, the fa- they they announce that they're partnering with a European team, that's huge. That's a statement. I think the fact that it's even rumored is a, is a statement for the team. It's 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 um it's very disappointing that I can't find it. But uh, I don't know. It really. <laughs> It, to me, I was like, "Wow, what? holy God!" Like, is it was it the only team that you saw that was kind of that that was being teased with a European partnership? Uh, I think I think that's the article. Kurt Larson's quote: "Gail added he's also working to establish an ongoing loan agreement with a club competing in a top European league." So I don't know. This this really feels like Montreal Bologna. Yeah, but it's not a thing where they both own the same team. I yeah. don't know. It's maybe just, they do. I don't know. Maybe there's a partnership agreement being talked about, um, and unsurprisingly, <laughs> kept really, kept really well under wraps. 
Well, I mean, yeah. Pro- props to the CPL for keeping a lot of this under wraps. So, I mean, a lot of the news under wraps, right? Not a lot of stuff is leaking. But um, and I'm very, getting abs- I'm getting nothing. Very tight lipped, and I guess from a from 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 a journalist's perspective, it's kind of like give us the news, like we want to know. But at the same time, by the time, way, if anyone wants to pay me to make that happen, <laughs> I will gladly make. I will gladly do every effort possible. But you know. <laughs> I am I am a writer for hire, so um, so I think that's pretty much that pretty much sums it up for the CPL. I did want to final thoughts. I mean, no, not really. Okay, I feel like everything everything that needed to be said was said. It was a nice little CPL CPL breakdown CPL week breakdown. Okay, I I, I need we need to talk about the Founders Cup. Um, I mean, you need to talk about the founders. I cup. need to talk about the founders. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny because b- before before recording, um, Tristan was was me- we were kind of you and I were kind of messaging about what what we're gonna do with the with this week's episode, and it was just kind of funny receiving the text saying like, uh, "Do you mind if I talk about the Cosmos returning?" And it's just like, absolutely, you could talk about the Cosmos returning, but uh, I won't have much to say on it. Um, I I mean, I'm I feel like I'm a I have to be. Uh, not that I have to be. I'm, I like. But the you cosmos. can. You I respect can, um, the cosmos. You you can uh, you can react. Uh, let's let's just put it. This so way. Uh, I will leave the floor uh, to Tristan. Thank you very much. Uh, so uh, I'll try and well. So I'll start with my near cosmos fandom. So Thursday was a very happy day for me. Uh, a few, and I knew that there were rumblings of uh, of the NPSL Pro happening. But uh, I saw on on Thursday, November fifteenth, uh, that the Cosmos tweeted uh, news, which they don't do much now. They only tweet photos, which is uh, kind of disappointing. But I always like them because they're cool photos of uh, last year, and that they played the semi pro ball, which was a very um, bittersweet experience. Um, but that, but they, so they tweeted this this. Um, press release from the National Premier Soccer League, and it goes like this. 11 founding members to launch a new league in association with the National Premier, so- National Premier Soccer League. Clubs to compete for inaugural Founders Cup from August through November 2019. Full schedule planned for 2020. So that means that there is another professional soccer league happening in the U.S., for uh, 2020 potentially, um, that was met with um, various levels of 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 appreciation and and uh, huge hate and and concern. Um, a lot of people were saying, "Well, look at that. There's an invented league that uh, isn't isn't much of a thing. Uh, U.S. soccer is not even involved. Uh, blah blah blah." Because technically, it, it's it's um, the United States Adult Soccer Association, the USASA, uh, that's uh, going to be governing that. So, uh, kind of like what, a different. What, sorry, re- repeat that. Which what the what is that? It's a league or is it the association? So, the, so there are two associations. So U.S. Soccer is the national governing body for soccer. Yeah, and they run um, they run uh, MLS. They run. Uh, the USL, but, but what about the, I just, it's, the USASA? I, yeah, the Adult Soccer League. The, yeah, so that's just a funny name for me. I'm well, sorry. I giggled a bit. Well, Adult Soccer is like um, mostly semi-pro, amateur. Ah, okay, okay. So they run they run the NPSL, which is semi-professional. 
Um, a lot of people say that they're the fourth tier of uh, of American soccer. Uh, a lot of people uh, shout at you when you say that they're the fourth tier because technically they're not U.S. soccer, so they're just semi-professional soccer in in in, in the U.S. So it's 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 a can of worms to. Um, to really deal with uh, American soccer because there's a lot of stuff, but the NPSL is very quirky and nice in, in like a lot of different ways. Like they have really, really cool teams like Minneapolis city SC and they have Detroit city, which is really, really cool. And in many ways, um, starting from scratch independent, it's really cool. And there's like uh, Chattanooga FC in, in Tennessee that are really, really cool to, to watch and, and they're doing their own stuff too. Um, and I was really, really happy to see that two of the teams that I just named, Chattanooga and, and Detroit, are both going to be part of that um, of that league, of that new Founders Cup and, and that new uh, NPSL Pro League that's going to start in 2020. Um, it's, it's an opportunity and uh, Detroit was, uh, was talking about it a lot a few years ago that uh, the NPSL is basically the PDL in this, in the sense that it's, it's um, a league that doesn't pay their players because they want to keep eligibility for NCAA ball and they don't play a lot. (coughs) Sorry. And they don't play a lot. So they, uh, they tend to, uh, you have like five home games or five or six home games. And then, you you know, you tend to play like the national stuff and then, uh, playoffs are kind of tough to get in and stuff. So it, it was fun to see uh, those those teams. Um, and I'll I'll uh, I'll name all eleven. So ASC San Diego, which we're looking to get in the NASL, and it didn't happen um, because the NASL fell and stuff. And I'm not gonna go and explain that because I would be here again until we'd be here all night. So that would not um, be productive. Uh, Cal FC, which is very interesting, Cal FC because. They uh, were they were in a U.S. Open Cup run where they actually fared up against MLS teams, and they were um, they were they were coached by Eric Winalda, the American soccer star, which is really very interesting. So they're dipping into pro ball too. Uh, California California United, um, which were um, they they had ambitions to do a professional soccer. If you look at their stuff, California United. Their jerseys and their designs are amazing. They're super, super cool. They partnered with another team in Southern California to create California United Strikers FC. Um, Chattanooga, as I said, uh, another very, like, a cool example of independent soccer. Uh, Detroit City FC also. uh, Detroit City FC, sorry. FC Arizona. Miami FC, the former uh, team in NASL coached by Alessandro Nesta. Uh, which is now uh, coached by uh, Paul Dalglish. Um, yes, in- <laughs> Kenny, Sir Kenny Dalglish's brother, right? Yeah, yeah, the guy who left Ottawa to coach a team that doesn't exist, which is very, very weird. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Miami United FC they did another uh, good uh, U- uh, U.S. Open Cup run last year. Uh, Milwaukee Torrent, which has an MASL team. Uh, no, they they're I think they're partnered with. Uh, with uh, Milwaukee Wave or something like that. There's some type of partnership in, around there. Uh, the New York Cosmos, obviously. Um, and uh, no, and the Oakland Roots, which is a really, really cool team. Um, they have one of the prettiest logos. Go check them out. Created and one of the... Um, on their front office, on their staff, the head of design is the guy that created the Nigeria World Cup jerseys. 
So um, the jerseys for Oakland Roots are going to be really cool. Um, I cannot wait. It's going to be it's going to be something really really interesting. You know, you mentioned is uh, I I didn't mean to cut you off. Is that your no, well, I saw you were going to say Yeah, something. no, I actually, um, it's, it's just funny you mentioned MASL and I just kind of had this pop in my brain and uh, not to put us under pressure, put us on the spot, but arena soccer is starting to be a, a thing. You know, we mentioned it last episode. Um, you know, I just think it would be cool to to get some more arena soccer up in, up, up in here, up in this podcast. I agree. Uh, the season is actually starting soon. I actually follow the Milwaukee Ra- Wave on Instagram and they do a really good job at promoting their stuff. Um yeah, I just I actually can't wait to to see what this season has in store. I also follow uh, MASL off the wall on Facebook, and they they consistently uh, um, they're really active in in promoting the upcoming MASL season, and it's 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 just really fun to see. It's a really they have a very fringe fan base. I mean, themselves are a very very fringe soccer league in in, in their own right. But um, no, yeah, that was my little um, my little ADHD moment. Of just, uh, I heard MASL and then immediately just had to jump in there. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And a lot of, uh, a lot of the, if you didn't listen to the last episode where we uh, interviewed uh, Kit Saladopoulos, the head coach of the Canadian national futsal team, uh, some of those players on the futsal team play in MASL. They play for Milwaukee. They play for uh, Miami, the Miami Fusion. Yeah, I think a, a good, a, I mean, uh, not a, Miami Fusion, but the Miami Tropics. A, Miami uh, Tropics. It would be no, it would be Flor- Florida Tropics. Semi-pro. <laughs> um, but just to finish on the uh, the NPSL, if, if I may, on the Founders' Cup, uh, I'll quote uh, from the from the press release, uh, the NPSL chairman, chairman uh, Joe Barone, um, who was, I mean, they, they tried to partner with the, with the NASL back then, back in the day when it worked, when it was working. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll just end, I'll just end my little point on that. Quote, we are very excited to bring a new brand of community-based soccer to the U.S. market. Beginning with the Founders' Cup, fans will be able to enjoy watching authentic clubs compete with professional players and staff. This new venture will build upon success and experience of the NPSL and its nationwide network of local soccer club members. I think it's really cool. Uh, I think it's really cool to see the Cosmos back. I think it's uh it's like Cosmos like 4.0 back then I guess like 3 it's it 3.0 seems like every 4.0. year it, it seems like every year there's just something that's threatening the existence of the Cosmos and they just claw their way back and just kind of and for for all the the Cosmos haters that are definitely out there it's just kind of like I, I could just see them saying just die already you know yeah. but they're just no 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 like we're not going anywhere which is great to see and and you know, I, yeah, I think I just mentioned this before. You know, I'm a little bit of a Cosmos fan myself. I believe Marco Senna used to play on that team. For Marco Senna, Raul. Yeah, Raul, one of my all-time favorite strikers. Um, both former Spanish internationals. Um, yeah. And uh, I think one of the uh, it was the, the interesting things uh, was, uh, I think, the Detroit City um, Ultras. Uh, just when they announced that the Founders' Cup was a thing... Uh, they just tweeted all caps "fuck the cosmos," and I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I think I I I didn't like the tweet, but I almost did. And I was like, you know what? That first Detroit City uh, cosmos with like the five points on one side and the Detroit Ultras on the other uh, is gonna be magnificent. And you know, more soccer, the more soccer, the better. And like, and, and a lot of people, um, and I, feel free to 
my Twitter at Tristan Amo. Feel free to give me shit on like how I should be, how I, I, I should have more concerns on a league that's just announced that they're going to be pro like this and stuff. But you know what? Let, let me believe that the Cosmos could be back again. It'd be fun. I mean, hopefully, maybe in the next 10 to 15 years, we could see the Cosmos in MLS. I really so my or like maybe they could be like a Swansea where like you know they're a Welsh team in 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 the English uh, Premier League and they could kind of be like the American team in the Canadian Premier well, League. Well, see, so um, a shout out to Kevin Laramie. Kevin Laramie was was telling me through the grapevines that some American teams tried to join the Canadian Premier League, and that was my big conspiracy theory as a Cosmos fan because I was like, how amazing would it be? to have the cosmos play in the bronx or not in the bronx but in 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 queens or or in in uh, brooklyn because they play in brooklyn now um and have a canadian quota and to mix that canadian quota with a bunch of like local players from queens and brooklyn and long island and and jersey and then have like new york is green but for the can pl it would have been like i it's never gonna happen no, but, no, I won't. <laughs> but that would be that would be a dream. That would be a dream. Like they would I'm, be the Swansea. They're they're the Swansea. They would. They that would, would be, be cool. I mean, I guess like maybe in when. Uh, but it would make so much sense though, because you know how the well the Cosmos aren't what they used to be. They they're not like the the glamorous team anymore. They're not as glamorous as they used to be with the Pele's and then Beckenbauer's and stuff. But they always have the flair. The 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 the, the little like the little like je ne sais quoi. Uh, that 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 the cosmos always have, but right now they they tend to be the alternative. It's always like okay, so it's the Metro Stars and the Red Bulls and New York City FC or Cosmos, uh, not not Cosmos, uh, City Football Group. But like, there's also the Cosmos that like keep winning championships and never get promoted. It's and then they they have Raul and like they beat, uh, they sometimes beat the 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 teams from uh, from from MLS in uh, Open Cup play. So you know, it'd be it'd be a really nice left field move to just like join Canpl and stuff, but you know, it's never gonna happen. No. Um, but but yeah yeah. So on I guess on that note, uh, it's probably time to end. Yeah, it was it was a good good discussion. Good it little was, episode. It was nice to unpack, and it was nice uh, for me to talk about the cosmos inside of a microphone. Cause I haven't done that like ever, and it's really fun. Um, maybe maybe I'll do a uh, New York Cosmos fan podcast, and just, <laughs> and just like be the first one. Well, like, there from... there there are there are Cosmos fans uh, at Copa ninety actually. Yeah, shout out to them. There there are Cosmos fans at Copa ninety. So I don't know, maybe a little uh, maybe a little email and have a Cosmos dedicated episode. We'll have a Cosmos. We're gonna have well, when when yeah. the Founders Cup starts. We're going to have a Cosmos we're, special. We will. I'm, I'm, I apologize in advance. If you hate the Cosmos, maybe skip that one. But yeah, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> I can in anticipation. We'll we'll definitely put that one. Uh, put that one in the books or in the spreadsheet. I should say in the spreadsheet. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, of course, in the in the spreadsheet ideas. But um, if you stuck around for the entire show. Uh, may, having us break down uh, what was happening, uh, we we forgot to mention it throughout the show. But if you do want to interact and like give us your takes on, hey, should should the CanPL uh, get the PLSQ as well as League One Ontario? Should there be um, some type of uh, semi-professional 
um, set up in the West, in BC, should there uh, should there be uh, involvement with the PDL teams uh, uh, over there? There's one in Thunder Bay. There's there's TSS Rovers in in BC. There's the Highlanders in Victoria. There's there's a lot of stuff. Interact with us. Uh, let us know. And uh, I'm at Tristan Amor. He's at Das Alex Perez. We're at TTK Podcast. Um, we we. We really want to let. We really want to know what you think, and we would be glad. We're we'll be glad to answer. Yeah, that was a that was tough to say. That was that was a lot. I struggled. That was a lot, but um, I think you know what. We'll also post. Uh, I mentioned it before, but we should post our how our MLS brackets are doing on on Twitter. Oh my god! Let's yeah, see how that's I, going. Oh, well, so the the MLS playoffs are uh, they're starting next week. They're starting again next week with I think the best brackets in my mind atlanta against new york and then kansas city against the timbers that's gonna be amazing i think that's it like in recent memory probably one of the best playoff and i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm gonna i'm gonna host a little party myself uh a little mls playoff party Ooh, yeah uh, at, my, at my place uh but um yeah on that note uh i probably shouldn't have said that on the air but uh, <laughs> But on that note, I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed. Uh, once again, the Twitter handles. I am at Tristan Damo. He is at Das Alex Perez. We're at TTK Podcast. Let us know. Um, once again, thanks to Naima Lou for, uh, for the logo. Yeah. Uh, go check her out. Go check her workout. Uh, definitely. She's, uh, she's great. Uh, and our logo is still awesome. <laughs> like, I have it as the wallpaper on my phone. And every time I look at it, it's like I have the freshest background no one like just at me or anything you know <laughs> i have the freshest background but yes thanks for sticking with us we really appreciate you uh coming along for the ride and as always we'll hear you on next time excuse me for being excited people